This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast where this evening we will be discussing Tottenham's trip to Goodison Park. I have literally just left the stadium and of course Tottenham have drawn 1-1. The game had everything, two red cards, a penalty and a last minute goal. We should have been sitting in third spot right now in the Premier League but we're not. We're in fourth spot. Um, How we're still fourth in the Premier League table is beyond me. Uh, we're sitting there just on goal difference. Uh, I've got three very special guests to talk about tonight's game. Uh, back with us, we've got BBC reporter Chris Slegg, uh, of course, WSL commentator, editor of the Women's Football Yearbook, author of A Love for the, uh, for the Lane, uh, a team that dared to do, and many other books. Chris, great to have you back. How are you? Yeah, I would like to say it's good to be back, Chris, but... Uh... Very depressing. I'm, gl- I'm glad I'm not you sitting up in Liverpool. It feels like a long way to bed just from my living room after that, to be honest. But um, yeah, nice to be back in other respects, but not not on the on the back of another capitulation. We've also got actor Ricky Norwood back with us. Rick, how are you? Oh, mate, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm done. I'm dusted. I'm over and out. I'm 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 uh, I'm dejected. Um, I, 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 I can't even bring myself to find the right words to say how I'm feeling right now. I'm just, uh, Conte was right, mate. Conte was right. And I'm sure we'll get into it. But uh, yeah, let's let's keep it moving. We've also got Jess Izzat on the channel for the very first time. Jess, I have to apologise to, you know, to bring you on in these <laughs> BBC Radio 1 presenter, also on Magic Chilled and BBC Radio London, and of course, Tottenham Hotspur fan. Jess, how are you? Um, 
You know what? It's been a range of emotions. I was very excited to be invited on. Don't usually talk about sport that much. So this is like the first time where I'm on where it's just been, I don't know, it's just been a bit much. It was very tense, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, indeed. Um, well, Chris, let's start the show with you. Um, give me your thoughts on tonight's match. It, it, it's weird because looking back, to me, I wasn't, I wasn't too negative until the point we scored. I, you know, I, I knew that's going to be a really tough place to go. The way Everton have been playing, the way what their crowd can do. We saw it last season, the form they've been in since Deitch took over. The fact that we're effectively without a manager, you know, you're not going to go there. You're not going to. We know we're not going to suddenly start playing scintillating football when Conte's assistant is now our interim interim manager. You know that the best you're going to get probably is is like a one 0 win if you're going to tough it out. And we we're a man up, we're a goal up, and then we completely give the game back to them. We completely invite them back into it. That 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 stat on Sky five minutes after the goal, Everton had had eighty three percent of possession in the five minutes after we'd gone one 0 up against ten men. I just I can't fathom. I mean, I wasn't. I, I was as a fan upset with some of what Antonio Conte said, I don't think it was on for him to be that public. Even as a journalist, you know, we we, we love to hear people speak from the heart. We shouldn't decry that. But as a Tottenham fan, I didn't feel it was appropriate, even though there were a lot of home truths there. I didn't think it was right that he called the players selfish after that Southampton game. And I don't know if he actually chose the right word there. I don't know if he meant selfish. I don't know if he can called someone like Harry Kane and some of the other players in that team. I don't think they are selfish. But what, what you clearly see is a lack of leadership. And I, I don't understand how we've got the England captain. We've got a World Cup winner in goal. We've got a World Cup winner in the heart of our defence. And I don't see anyone leading this team. And that's been the case for a very long time, actually, for, for many, many years. That's where we are so clearly lacking to not be able to see out a game like that. I, as you said, Chris, I cannot believe, even though, yes, we played two games more than Newcastle Man U and three games more than Brighton. As we sit here right now, we are actually still mathematically fourth in the, in the Premier League. And from what I've seen this season, I've barely enjoyed a minute of this season. Um, that's what I found really, really hard, actually, to be back in a kind of... The last time I really felt like this was under AVB. Um, obviously, the, the, the glory years for us under Pochettino, even under Mourinho, I didn't enjoy the football, but we got to a cup final and sacked them six days before. Um, and this is just the lowest I've felt for a very long time as a Tottenham fan, but we are actually still fourth in the table. I mean, I would I would give us a very, very slim chance of finishing there. Um, but I can't believe that we're we're still there. The only hope I have is that there is still some sort of substance here at the club. There is still something to build on the fact that we are sitting fourth, and yet we all still we all feel so so low as Tottenham fans. But there is enough there to have us sitting fourth in the table with nine games to play, all is not lost. And there's, you know, all, all the great business side of this club, the, the magnificent stadium that we have, the magnificent training ground. We're not far away from somehow getting it right, but obviously that's going to be getting the right manager in. And, and and we just don't know where that search is going. And we probably have little faith by now that we are going to make the right call. But yeah, really, really tough night. But as I say, after... Up until the point we scored, I was thinking, well, actually, 
you know, there was there were positives there. We we defended well. Um, we were you know massively still in the game. We get a penalty, Kane scores it, and you think we can build on this. Although nothing this season has shown that we're going to build on Leeds, but I just thought, okay, we're going to do this. But within sixty seconds of the goal, it was quite evident we were not going to get out of there with three points. In fact, I'm pretty, I think we we're pretty lucky we got away with one. I just think, though, that when we score, when they're only on 10 men and it has to be off a penalty from Harry Kane, whose consistency was scoring, regardless whether it's home, away or for any team, I just don't think that says much about us as a team, though, personally, in terms of how we were playing. And also, I agree with you that Conte, as a manager, shouldn't have had that outburst. But just think about what point he would have been pushed to to have an outburst like that. He was done. And then I would have to disagree with you. I think the players are selfish. Not that they're not good. Like you mentioned, you've got like world-class players like Harry and Romero. They play for themselves. I feel like the point at the end of that game where Romero was the highest, furthest person down the pitch, chasing that ball down, says everything about how we were playing. We were playing Conte's formation, but we were playing like we didn't have a manager to keep everyone in check. It's like, it was like a free-for-all. I, I don't think, I think they play selfishly. I don't think they play as a team. I don't think if I were playing against them in another team, I think the, the, the structure would be mark Harry Kane out the game, make sure that he's nowhere near goal and everything else. I don't really see them as a danger because even though Porro was dangerous down the, down the sideline, he couldn't get anything on the end of it. There's nothing with a player like that. You don't even have to be scared. All you need to do is shadow them. Like you don't even, you don't need, don't even need to be scared of putting a tackle in. We've got so much to discuss tonight. Jess, um, let me ask you about when Conte went. Um, I think we all felt that Stellini and the whole team would go with Is it the right decision from the club that Stellini will lead this club for the next nine games now? Um, I think it's a really weird decision. I don't understand how... Stellini and Conte are still just fine. Do you think, I don't know if they like, there must be some sort of conversation there or maybe Conte is so done with it being like, yeah, okay, you can have them. But I think it's like maybe a cheap decision. I think obviously they're just so stubborn not to have Poch back when he's shown an interest. I think they're literally so stubborn to prove that they are sticking by their decision and it seems like we don't really, I don't know, do we have anyone else who's even sniffing around? Like, even the rumours don't even seem like they're coming true. Like, Nagelsmann's, like, off the cards now, isn't he? I, I don't know. I feel like it's sort of almost their only decision. I don't think, I think they just didn't want Poch back. Let me just say as well, um, I don't know whether you heard it on the TV tonight, but four times during the match, the Tottenham Hotspur fans sung Maurizio Pochettino's name. Um, Ricky, let me come to you because um, you've been coming on this podcast for the last few years and you've always got a smile on your face. For the first time, you are grumpy. Give me your thoughts on tonight's game. Mate, I'm tired and I was bored. I was not excited whatsoever. I wasn't excited to see the beginning of the game. I thought the first... 
I thought we was lucky to get the red card. Uh, it was a red card. Do you know what I mean? Um, on on Anna's red card on uh, Kane, I thought the penalty. I thought we was lucky to get that. I, it was a penalty, but I thought we was lucky to get it because there was no attacking threat. There was no nothing. There was no reaction from these players. The manager came out and and slaughtered them, and there was no reaction from these players. There was no reaction as men. There was no reaction as as professionals. There was no reaction as footballers. There was no reaction whatsoever. They came out and played terrible horseshoe football, absolutely the same old, same old rubbish, bruv, rubbish, and I'm done with it. For them to carry on with Stellini and, and, and those tactics, what are we talking about? He took off Longley to bring on Davison Sanchez. What are we talking about here? He, he, you got Dan Juma on the bench sitting there, the one that we hijacked from, from Everton, and you go and start Lucas Moura, who plays for five minutes and gets himself sent off. What are we talking about here? This club is so dead. It's dead. The team's dead. They've had enough. They're over it. I, I wouldn't blame anybody for leaving. If anybody, I don't care, Harry Kane, Sonny, whoever wants to go, I wouldn't blame them whatsoever because this is dire straits. This is the lowest that we've ever bloody well been. That was the most boring 90 minutes I've ever seen in my life. I, I was sitting there thinking to myself, do you know what? How are we going to mess this up? How are we going to mess this up? For ourselves, how are we going to kick ourselves in the backside? How because I could see it coming, I could see it coming, and that's ridiculous. How, how, when we're when we're, we've got 11 and they've got 10, we start to pressurize them, we get the goal, and then we sit off. What are we talking about here? Where's the dominance? Where, where, where's the ruthlessness? Where's the leadership? We're rudderless, we're managerless, we've got no club direction, we've got no club director. Do you know what I mean? The, the Levy's off in, 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 I don't know where, Malaysia or somewhere. Joe Lewis is sitting on his yacht. What's the point in this club anymore? It's got so, I think it's got ridiculous, bro. And I always try and find a positive, but there was none tonight. The, 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 the only player that wanted to do anything and wanted to say anything and wanted to show himself as a player, like Jess said there, was Romero. He was all over the pitch from minute one. And people want to talk about his yellow cards and his red cards. The only reason he does that is because he's so frustrated with the type of football that we are playing, that there ain't no attacking, that there ain't no solidity at the back, that there ain't no midfield, that he goes and kicks somebody. He's, he's hoping to get something going. He's, he's hoping to get himself going or he's hoping to get a reaction from the rest of his teammates. And we haven't seen nothing. Those players on, the, on that field tonight, every single one of them, they're a disgrace. They're a disgrace, bro. Because do you know what? They couldn't even forget, forget Stellini, forget Mason. They couldn't stand up for themselves. They got slaughtered. They got called selfish. They got, to, get, got told this is the culture of how they want to play. They got told everything about it. They got slaughtered. And where was their reaction? Everyone came back from bloody well uh, international duty. All had a great time on international duty. All wants to high five everybody in international duty. Come back to Tottenham and, and what have we got? Absolute dross, bruv. It is a joke, mate. I am so done and dusted with this. It was a waste of my time watching that tonight. And you're the one that travelled up there, bruv. But it was a waste of my time sitting here. I should have watched an episode of Ted Lasso, mate. Let me tell you, because that's far more entertaining than anything that Tottenham <laughs> can put out on the field. I am done with this team. I don't know where we go from here. The fact that they didn't want to uh, appoint Potts straight away is a massive mistake. This guy not only knows the club, not only knows the youth, not only knows that ground inside, backwards, upside down, left and right, knows how the board runs. 
he he's dealt with it without a, without how many transfer windows. We went 500 days without it, and he's still getting performances out of that team. Yes, we know about the last year. Yes, we know about the away record in that last year. But he went above and beyond. And for them to have that opportunity, sack Conte. What was the point in sacking Conte if you're going to keep Cellini and we're going to play the same old you rubbish horseshoe horseshoe football? Why are we passing it around the back? Why we know that Larice ain't got no feet. Oh so my god, we, that we, sequence around the what, back was like the what, worst what thing that I think I've ever seen in my life. What? I was like dying. No, and, and, but but we continued to do it. We continued to do it. We continue to invite pressure. We continue to give the ball away. What's what's all this knock it round the player, but yet we're giving it away? Or knock it up the field and it's got there's not a white shirt up there. This is ridiculous. It's gone beyond a joke, bruv. It's gone beyond a joke. I don't now know how any of those people in that boardroom still have a still have a job. <clears throat> I don't know how anyone some of them can don't. eat well, some of them don't, but some there's there's a lot that needs to go, man. There's a lot that needs to go because he, he, the the decisions that they've made for the past twenty bloody well years has put irrefutable damage on this club crest and on the pride that we hold as Tottenham fans. We've always had roller coasters. We've always had roller coasters. We've gone through the tough times. We've gone through the worst times, and to get to a place and where we're like, oh, we're building, we're building, and then to be in this rubbish, this limbo. It's, it, it's, I'm over and out, mate. I'm over and out. I'm done with it. It, it is upsetting. It, it, it didn't upset my weekend, but let me tell you, it's upset my week. Let me just ask you about the um, Stellini decision. Were you surprised that Stellini has, has, has carried on and will guide up? Yeah. To- yeah, I am. Because where's the, as we can see tonight, there's no new manager bounce, is there? Where's the reaction? There, no, there, nothing. There's no new, nothing changed. Nothing changed, including the substitutions. Nothing changed. Sanchez and Lucas came onto the field. Are, 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 are we serious? Are, are, are we serious here? Like, nothing changed. Uh, uh, when they went down to 10 men, we could have gone to a back four. You could have chucked Longley at, at left back and then pushed somebody else either in midfield or up front or something. You could have done something. They done nothing, bruv. They done nothing. They're flat. They're dead. They're over it. The players on the field, they're over it. Everybody's over it. The management staff, they're over it. The only one that I saw shouting and hollering on that sideline was Ryan Mason. And you, Chris, could tell me blood. You could tell me more because you had more eyes on on the bench than 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 the camera did. But the times that I saw him, he was the only one up that was upset, that was hollering, that was screaming, that was shouting. I saw Stellini pace up and down and play with his hero a couple of times. But apart from that, bruv, I didn't see nothing. Chris, how would you describe these last few weeks being a Tottenham fan? Because a lot has changed at the club. And when Antonio Conte, after that Southampton game, called the players out, called them selfish, and a number of the players were asked whilst on international duty, you know, what what their thoughts were, not one of them come out and said, yes, we need to give more. Mm. Yeah. I I mean, the, the whole season to me has just been... Just so joyless, so so depressing. I've actually been really lucky. I've been I've been to very few games. I've been to very few games physically this season for various reasons. But the games I've been to have been our best performances. I, I was at the six two v Leicester. I was at four 0 Palace away. I was at the Man City game. I was at the Chelsea game. I was at the West Ham game. Um, I've I've only really seen us when I've been there, some of our best performances. But even those, I mean, other than maybe Sonny coming on against Leicester and the. You know, just the, the goal burst, seeing him get a hat trick, and the, the fact that that game ends in a in an eight goal thriller as such. 
even the Man City game, beating them and seeing Kane get the record was amazing. But um, it didn't. It's never felt to me like I'm watching Tottenham. And actually, I think I think it's been a learning experience again, or a relearning. You know, when you followed the club as long as most of us have, <laughs> I'm quite possibly the oldest person here. Um, it's almost like a relearning because I think as a as a fan, you have this continued debate throughout your existence as a fan. Do I just want to win something, or do I want to see us trying, playing great football, trying to win something? But if we fall short, we've given it our all. And having Conte at the helm has just reaffirmed that that's what I care about, is playing good football, trying to win. If it doesn't happen playing the right way, then I can take that. I mean, that's that's kind of what we got used to as a Tottenham fan. I don't want to... I, I don't care. I, don't, I really don't care about finishing fourth if you're just going to get into the Champions League and play that way against Milan in a, in a knockout round. Yeah. You're only one nil down against a fairly average team. And you're not even looking like you're trying. I've got no interest in that, so I'm not bothered really. Of course, I am because we all are. But I'm trying to convince myself. The priority to me is not finishing fourth or fifth. The, the priority is that we get a manager who can buy into what we truly see as the DNA of this club. And, and we all doubt whether the owners really get that. You know, the, the statement that that um, that Levy came out with last time when Mourinho went that we're going to find the a manager with the right DNA, and that hasn't happened with the, the last two appointments. So we doubt that he really gets it in the way that we do. But that, to me, is a bigger deal. I, I've written off this season. I'd written it off really since since Christmas. I, it was clear from the start of the season Conte didn't want to be there. It's been painful. Every week's been painful because we've known the end is coming. Um, it was almost a relief when he... I mean, he he had to lose the plot to get himself sacked, really, didn't he? He wanted out. He had to be as outspoken as he possibly could. And to me, that was almost a relief to hear him say that after the Southampton game. But again, what is so odd about it is if we hadn't conceded that last-minute penalty against Southampton, we'd have been third. He wouldn't have said that. He'd still be in a job tonight. Who knows? He might have won that game. We'd be four points clear in third. I mean, it's, it, it is ridiculous. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm very pleased he's gone as a fan. I think that's has to be the start of a rebuild. I was very surprised. I think everyone was that Stellini has been left there. I don't quite get it. I don't. I sense that maybe it's. It, it, I mean, I don't necessarily think for sure that he will be there till the end of the season. I think it's right for the club to say that to give this sense of stability. And and if nothing happens, we know how embarrassingly long the managerial search took to to bring in Nuno. Um, yeah. be looking like that. So they say he's in charge for the end of the season. He might well be, but maybe things will, will happen quicker. Um, yeah, to get back to your question, it's just it's just been an awful, awful few weeks, but an awful season, really. I mean, and, and to think how good we felt at the end of last season. I mean, I was last on your show almost exactly a year ago, Chris, after the 4 0 win at Villa. Uh, and to think we went and beat Arsenal 3 0, we, we finished fourth, and you, you feel like, yeah, we. We've got a manager here who has won a lot. He's won five league titles, one of them in England, four in Italy. We've finished fourth and we're going to build on this. And, and I've been buoyed rather by what we've seen under Paratici and the, you know, the signings that were coming in finally. Kulisewski, great signing. Bentica, and how we're missing him, by the way. And how the injuries have really stacked up too. And that hasn't helped us tonight. I know every team can say that, but I felt there was hope a year ago. Uh, even though he, we all knew then Conte wasn't a fit for us, but I felt like there was hope. Um, and now it just feels 
very, very, very low. It does feel completely rudderless, and there's almost too many fires to fight. And you just you, you just wonder where where we start with all. To be honest, is 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 this really really bleak? Jess, there seems to be problems everywhere uh, throughout the club at the moment. How would you describe the last few weeks being a Spurs fan? Because I think a lot of people are saying exactly the same thing at the moment. There is no direction. I feel like the thing that's the most upsetting, because if we really look at it from an outside perspective, we're top four. So in terms of like the whole league, obviously we're not rubbish, but it feels like we're rubbish. And I think it's because of how inconsistent our performance is. And that doesn't just mean per game. I mean, literally within the game. Within the game tonight, we do like a few good things and then we do some absolutely awful things. Like even Romero's good things, like, I don't know, getting the penalty. And then later on, that's like really lax passing back to Hugo and them almost scoring a goal. And just everything we do, it's like, you know, we do something good and then like a million times worst happens afterwards and tonight we only played well in the last few minutes of extra time after they'd scored a goal like why can't we play like that that like Kulu where where was the fire I swear when Kulu first joined he was like super fiery he was super quick and we saw like one really good run of that today we had Son who used to be this scoring machine with Harry Kane now it feels like people have switched off from playing as a team as a whole, like playing for the club. And they just, like I said before, just play for themselves, which is why I said that Conte was right in calling him selfish. I feel like even Romero, he guns in for the tackle for him to win it, not for it to win for the greater good of the team. And even Lucas Moura, that stupid tackle, it was like he was trying to play for himself. He was trying so hard to make a mark of him coming in that he was off after six minutes. I feel like the inconsistency of our performance throughout the whole of the league has just been just upsetting to watch because it's like, you know, Everton sitting at number 15, this should have been an easy win for us. Jess, in your opinion, what do the club need to do next? I think we need some young, hungry players. And I think that the way that we're playing at the minute and the way we're utilising our players, like someone like Porro is the only person on that pitch and Romero who was even remotely fiery today we need to like capitalize on the young hungry players the people who want to fight for it and not dim their shine like son's shine has just gone where is that he should have been he should be one of the senior people on the pitch you should have people who are all guns are blazing like our young players are like people like brian gill who obviously he's quick but he's so small like he just gets fought off the of of players and like Richarlison, like he joined, he was super fiery, and then he just gets played for like two minutes at the end of a game. You're ruining people's confidence. Like there's no confidence on the ball. I just think we need some new young players that the senior players like Romero and Harry respect. Harry went away and played for England, and in one of his post-match interviews, just said how joyful it was to play for England. Him saying that as a comparison to, you know, obviously playing for his normal team just speaks volumes. I think he enjoys playing with a team who are like fighting for everything for the good of the team. He just clearly doesn't, I'm not saying anything against Harry really because he's the one who's actually delivering on the pitch, but people like Romero, you can tell that 
he probably doesn't respect the rest of his team and he's just playing for himself. Ricky, who are our leaders at the moment? Who are our leaders? Wow, what a question. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Like like some of the guys have said already, do you know what I mean? We've got a World Cup winner there in Romero. You've got a World Cup winner in Hugo Lloris. You've got the England captain up front. You've got Hoiberg, who's who's a bit of a, you know. Say it again, just, brother. Just because they've won the World Cup, does it make him a leader for us? Oh, well, obviously not. But But right now, the decisions that have been made year in, year out by the club have brought irrefutable damage to the club. If you're a player that comes to Tottenham, you come to Tottenham to die and, and to get paid. If you're a manager that wins stuff, that, that wants to win, and you come to Tottenham, you come to Tottenham to lose. That, that, that's, 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 what he, that's what Conte was talking about when he spoke about the culture. And, and how many times have we given, and I'm one for it, I am one for it, to find the excuse or to find the reason why these players don't turn up or to, you know, or, I, I'm one for it. But Conte was right. Maybe too many excuses. Way too many excuses. You need, a, you need somebody at that club right there that knows it inside backwards and that can do the job and wants to be there. And who wants to do that right now? Who wants to do that? There, there, there's not one. Because it, 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 we're in dire straits, bro. We're in dire straits. We've got Paratici, who, who's now stepped down. We've got no manager. We've got his second in command there playing the same horseshoe, same formation. Nothing changed. There was, there was not a change. I, I don't think the players want to play that, 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 that style of football. I think it's too easy to read. I think Everton read it right. Look at Everton right tonight. They were the only ones that wanted to win from minute one. Now, they can't score a goal apart from Keane's wonder strike, and, but he's a defender. But they can't score a goal, but they were all over us. And they wanted to win. Now, they might not be the best side out there. They might not be the best side in the league, as the league shows us. But they wanted to win. Where, where where was that at Tottenham? There was not. There, it wasn't there, mate. It wasn't there. And 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 the more that it, this carries on, the more the rot increases right now. And I don't want to say this about my side. I love my side, but they're making me hate them. <laughs> they're making they're, they're making me despise them a little bit. They're making me like I don't want to watch right now. I, I I don't want to talk right now, bruv. Like I know I'm talking forever, but I don't want to talk right now. Because it's like, what's the point? If they're a waste of time. And until they sort it out, until they look at themselves in, in, in the mirror and work it out, how many team meetings have they had all season to, to, to sort out the problems amongst themselves? It's ridiculous. All of that selfish talk that Conte came out with after Southampton, now that he's gone, not one of those players are going to get challenged. Not, not one. In the sense of, <clears throat> if Hoiberg and Kulu came out and they were like, look, Boss, you got to clarify those comments, you know. Or if Harry Kane came out and said, "Boss, you got you got to clarify those comments," you know. What well, is yeah. he's not there to clarify no comments. So there's no one that that, that you can challenge. There's no player that, that that is now being held up or is being looked at like that, or is or or, or there's no fingers being pointed. So it's a it's a rudderless ship right now, and it probably is. They probably are playing for themselves because they're like, ah, what's the point? I think that's where it's got to. They, they look like their body language from the beginning looked like, ah, can't be asked. Do you know what I mean? Can't be bothered. I'd prefer to watch Sank on Netflix right now. That's what it looked like. That's what it looked like to me, bro. And it is a sad state of affairs because 
this, this, this side ain't terrible. There is some good things in this side. And if, you know, all right, Man United lost on the weekend. But if you look at Man United and what a, what a manager can do and how, they, how a manager can revitalise players, there's Eric Ten Hag there. Do you know what I mean? Which we've seen. We've seen an upturn. Man United have been in dire straits for years, but we've seen an upturn in their, in their application and in their energy and in their will to win. It's just not at Tottenham right now, bro. And I don't know where we go from here because I don't trust anybody to make the right decision right now. They can't even make the right PR decision. You know, Paratici comes out with a video the day before and then the next day he steps down. What are we talking about here? What are we doing? It's, it's got ridiculous, mate. It's got ridiculous. Let's talk about the starting eleven. Um, of course, Hugo uh, Lloris was back this evening. Um, so Hugo and Cole, the back three, Romero and Lengley. Uh, the wing-backs, Perisic and Poro. In midfield, Skip and Hoybier. The front three of Kulisevsky, Kane and Son. Subs this evening, Forster, Austin, Tanganga, Sanchez, Saar, Devine, Mundell, Lucas Mora and Dan Juma. Chris, let's come to you. Um, were you surprised that Lloris was back uh, between the sticks this evening? Was that the right decision for you? Uh, I'm not surprised, but I personally wouldn't have objected to Forster continuing. I think Lloris has made so many... I have so much respect for him. Um, amazing goalkeeper in his prime. Incredible servant to Tottenham. World Cup winner. But he has made a lot of mistakes this season, a lot of costly mistakes. And I think Forster acquitted himself pretty well in, in his absence. I think he grew into that role. He was a bit shaky in the first few games. And I actually thought when Lloris was injured, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure we would see him again this season because he's had such a shaky season. Um, but I wasn't surprised when he becomes available again. It's a hard thing to not play your captain, uh, to not play the, the more experienced goalkeeper, to not play the keeper who, you know, at his peak is, is a better keeper than Forster, but he's not at his peak anymore. I mean, that was really the only decision that Stellini had to make tonight because with the injuries, the rest of the team picks itself. Um, but yeah, I, I, I expected him to be named in the starting eleven. But I, you know, I started to think earlier this season. Really, it's maybe time to to give him a rest because some of the mistakes he's made. I mean, the, that Arsenal game and the and the Newcastle one, where some people felt he was unfortunate, but I, I didn't. Um, I didn't think that was was ever going to be a foul against him. Um, I think there's I think there's been four or five mistakes, you know, directly where he's been at fault for the goal. And that's a lot for a Premier League goalkeeper. So, yeah, I, I, I'd have been happy really if Forster had started that. And even tonight, I mean, I, I don't think he could have done much about the... I don't think he could have saved the shot, but, you know, he, it didn't look like he was making an effort. And I know I, I, that, that's just one of those aesthetic things as a fan. You're like, but it didn't even look like he probably died. It just, it gets so annoying. And, and obviously... He's never been comfortable with his feet. And when we had that moment we talked about a while back where they're passing it around on the goal line, you're like, Loris is not the goalkeeper to do that with. And even on a, one of the crosses in the first half, he didn't catch it comfortably. It went out to the edge of the area. So, yeah, I mean, obviously that's a position we need to address in, in the summer, don't we? If, if we don't feel that Forster is, is going to be a number one, then that's, we've got to bring in a new goalkeeper this summer. Um but just, just to go back to what Ricky was saying, 
and and again back to the initial thing about the players being selfish. I think it was the the joylessness of Conte football that has, has seeped into the into the players. I think I don't blame them for not enjoying playing the way he wanted them to play, and and that's where it's all fallen apart. It is desperate to try and play that way. A when you don't actually have the players to play a system that he is adamant on sticking to. B when he's made it quite clear that he's not going to give a chance to these players who are club signings. I mean, where do you, where do you go with that? He's he's in my eyes at fault for the mentality of the players. It's his job as a manager to get the best out of all those players. That's what Pochettino did. Pochettino took players. Sorry to hark on about Poch, but I love him. Um, took players and made them a hundred two hundred percent better than they were. He turned players who were already at the club, average players, into yeah. world beaters as such. You know, the best league position we've had since the Sixers to finish second and to finish in the you know top three, I think, three years in a row. Um, and Conte has paid big, big bucks. Yes, he's won a lot. Yes, he thinks he's above Tottenham. But it's your job, mate, to get the best out of these players. And quite clearly, they, they didn't want to play. There was no joy in trying to play that way. Um, and so I, I don't think it is selfishness. I, I think it's very hard to play a, a system that the team isn't suited for, the players aren't suited for, and to play football without any joy at all. And I think that's where it all fell apart, personally. I I, I put more of the onus and the blame with him than I do on, on the players. But this evening, though, Chris, um, Stellini could have changed the formation. Like we've all said, Stellini is still there. Stellini said it himself. Nothing's going to change. He said it. Pre-match, and, and, and this is you know Levy. Like we, we've touched on this as well. Levy is thinking, well, actually, there's there's enough there to suggest that this model, okay, maybe it's just Conte as a person. It hasn't worked. He's had, you know, three very close people have, have passed away. He's had health issues. Um, maybe Levy and the board have convinced themselves this is more like you know a personal problem here that he needs to move on. He's at the end of his tether. But the actual the actual appointment, the actual model, the actual management staff. Only his brother went with him, didn't he? There's enough there to, to get us to fourth. So, so again, the, I think it would have been better to make a clean break. And I think, you know, Mason would have been a better option. But again, I think they were perhaps, I don't say this with any insight, it's a hunch, worried about the optics again to be two years down the line where we have Mason stepping in for Mourinho to look like we're having Mason stepping in for Conte. They didn't like being put in that position. So I think they thought, well, well, we'll cling on to what we can. We don't have to pay off six other coaching staff and we've still got a chance of finishing fourth but I don't think that was a good idea I think you need clean break let the players know that that model's gone and yeah then Mason can try something different Stellini has said nothing changes and it, on the evidence of that tonight it really, although to be honest I actually think it was a better first it was a better first half display than usually under Conte so maybe that changed a little bit but on the whole not really I don't know yes. the first half was quite boring <laughs> Just still better, still better than a lot this season. It, like just for me, it felt like it was like Stellini was like, right, okay, we're gonna, we're not gonna risk anything. We'll just keep it yeah. the same. You guys have all been away, so yeah. obviously it's been a bit chaotic. Come back, we'll keep things as as you know, and we'll just, you know, fight for it. I can imagine that with like if I, because I'm a hockey player, the positioning isn't too dissimilar, but I've had managers who are really really stuck to their guns about the way they're going to play and they go oh we've got these key players we identify these and we're going to put them like here and they're just going to stay there and in the team talks we're going to say right you get it to him you get it to Harry Kane and he'll get a goal 
that doesn't work because then people aren't playing as teams anymore. There's no faith in the way you play. And if you don't have any faith in the t the individuals, but then also you don't have faith in the way you want to play. So we're playing this weird defensive formation, yet our defence is being torn apart. The way that Everton were playing, if you've got three, two, three forwards who are pushing that high because they think they can chance it, you know that you're not doing it right. You're not doing it well enough. We're not pinging it around the back well enough for Everton to think, oh, we'll hang back because this is dangerous being this high because we don't make any breaks. We're so slow. We kill any of our energy, anything going forward. Kulu like had one run down the line and then all of a sudden he ran and it looked like he was going to run past him. And he was like, oh, no, wait, because literally no one is with me. What is the point? Any ball that went like way overhead, Everton got it, got it, because none of us were forward. We just... Like, all the energy, was, the life was sucked out of that ball. There was no dangerous break. There was no danger anywhere. Everton were not scared. None of them were running back scared. It's just like, that's why it was boring, really. I completely agree. Um, so I don't know do, what you're going to ask me then, but I just, it's just annoying. It's like, you watch it, you go, oh, there's going to be a break. Oh, wait, no. Dead. Life do gone. Do you think that, um, that Stoney will change the formation in the next nine games? No, I think that's why he's been kept. I th I genuinely think that it was easier. And Stellini mentioned in a, like, in a press interview, he said something like, this is a really good experience for me. Me and Conte are good. Like, this is just really good experience. Um, for me as a manager, I'm like, basically, he's relishing this opportunity to get experience. Doesn't sound like he's getting paid anymore I reckon the deal was Conte fine you can go with no problems you and your brother go we keep the rest of the team the money stays the same and uh, Mason can help out and I just think it was just easier to keep it as is and the deal is keep him there stay top four and that's it and that's all we care about Rick let's come to you um Clement Langley um what did you think of his performance this evening um because of course in the week there have been many rumours going around saying that Spurs are just about to sign him on a permanent deal for £14 million. What's the point, mate? What's the point? Which, which I, makes I, him I, I, another club signing. Great, great. Club signing for a manager that we don't have. Club, club signing for a, for, for, for a team that has no plan and has no direction. Fantastic. Another waste of money, bro. You know, he's been a good loan in the sense that He's done an all right job, but he hasn't set the world alight. He hasn't been the best attacker. He hasn't been the best defender. He, you know, he's he's slow. He, he you know, I, I haven't been impressed. I haven't been impressed. And I think that if they're considering signing him, he can be great. He can be an excellent trainer. He can be excellent around the training ground and around the boys, you know, but he hasn't been excellent on the field. And I think it would just be another waste of money and, and, and another we have spent money. But, you know, an, another one on a signing that nobody wants and, and won't get no games. He'll be on loan in, in next year, bro. He'll be off on loan. We'll sign him and he'll be off on loan because the, the, the manager that does come in, whoever that may be, won't want him. And, and also, it, it puts a dampener on us going for a top left centre-back. But again, why would a top left centre-back come to Tottenham right now? Why, why would you? What's, Tottenham is screaming warning signs. It's screaming, stay away. That's what it's screaming right now, from top to bottom. We're not even just talking on the field. We're talking top 
to bottom is screaming to every player and every manager and anybody out there in football world, stay away, stay away. And that's if they continue along this line, bro, that's it's only going to increase and it's only going to get louder. Ricky, how would you be feeling right now if you were Harry Kane? <laughs> I'd be texting my agent, mate. I'd be texting my agent. Look, you know, I, 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 I'm a Harry Kane lover. You know, I want him to, of course I want him to stay. I want him to, I want him to be a, a one club man. I, I want him to, when he does finally lift a trophy, I want, it, I want it to be with Tottenham. You know, and I think that he wants that too. But there's only so much that you can take. He's a, Tottenham, he's a Tottenham boy. He's a Tottenham supporter. He's grown up through the bad times. Do you know what I mean? We've got to Pochettino in the good times. And he's like, yeah, finally. And he grew with that team. And he grew year in, year out. And he's continued to grow. But as soon as Poch has left, bro, it has been a waste of four years. No wonder he wanted to go to Man City when he wanted to go to Man City before Nuno. Because it's been a waste. It's been a waste. It's been a waste of his time. It's been a waste of his goals. It's been a, it's been a waste right now. So if, if he went into the change room right now and sat down and texted his agent, I wouldn't blame him at all. I wouldn't blame him. I've, I've, I feel like checking out myself, bro. You know, I won't. You know, when it comes down to game time, I'll still be back and I'll still be watching. And, I'll, and even if I'm, you know, kind of tired and bored with it, I'll, I'll still watch. But there's only so much you can take. There's only so many times you can poke the bear before he wants to growl and, and, and start ripping your head off. And maybe it's getting to that point for Harry Kane where he's just had enough. He's just like, what am I doing here? Because he, he, knows, he knows that club inside backwards. He knows the decisions. He knows the reasons behind the, the, the decisions that are being made. And if you can't get it right right now, I mean, my gosh, my gosh. But how many times have we said that on this pod, bro? How many times have we said if they don't get it right at this time, this is Levy's last chance. Levy's got to get this decision right. He's got every decision wrong for a very long time. I mean, bringing in a football man, I thought, like Paratici, I thought, all right, cool. He's going to step back and we're going to have a football man dealing with football matters. I didn't think Paratici was the one, but from the reports that I was hearing, Levy's been after him for years and has almost scouted him and has almost waited for him to be become available to come and sort out Tottenham. And then what's happened? Where are we? Where are we? What, what, what are we doing next? Tell me what director of football is going to come in. To do what? And, unless it's for a pay packet and then they're doing it for themselves again. So I don't know where we go from here, bro. If Harry Ricky. Kane left, I'd be tempted to follow him. <laughs> yeah. And Ricky. I wouldn't blame you either, Jess. Go on, Chris. Rick, we, we were sat on the podcast a couple of weeks ago when all of those comments were coming out from Antonio Conte. Um, we all felt at the time that Antonio Conte couldn't continue in the job you know, with the things that he said, which is is exactly what's happened. In your opinion, what should the board have done when they got rid of Antonio Conte? They should have got on their hands and knees and begged Pochettino to come back. They only they, they, this is the thing with you know you know two days later Nagelsmann was was available and and Spurs Twitter went into meltdown going oh, we want Nagelsmann we want Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann is a fantastic coach. He'll be a world-class coach. He's fantastic. What he's achieved at his young age is fantastic. But do I see him coming to Tottenham and, and being a fit and making it work? I, I don't really, mate. I don't. I, I, I said oh, oh, on that pod as a joke, I said he'll probably go to Chelsea. 
Now, someone like Pochettino doesn't need convincing. He just needs assurances. He, 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 he just doesn't... He, 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 like, we, we need to stop with the lies. Do you know what I mean? And that's all he needs. He needs everybody to stop with the lies. Tell him, t- tell him how much he's getting. Tell him what he can have, what he can't have. Tell him what, you know, and, and then let him go to work because he's the only one. He was the one that turned up and watched the under 10s, the under 12s, the under 16s, the under 18s, the under 21s. He made sure that that, that, that the, the whole philosophy throughout the whole club was the same and everybody was doing it. And everybody that wants to slag off Poch or, or criticises maybe us for mentioning Poch too many times. Again, I'll give you an example. Look how many times that he got hold of a of an English player and turned him into an England player. Down down to Ricky Lambert, Luke Shaw. Do you know every, every English player he 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 had an influence over went on to to go and perform at, on the- Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. International stage. Danny Rose. Danny Rose wasn't getting a look in before Poch turned turn up. There's a ton. There's a ton. So, so if you need any more convincing, like, let me tell you, as soon as he has a hold of certain young players, and like Jess was saying there, to get some young, hungry players in, you can't have a manager like Conte or like Mourinho or like Nuno. You need a manager like Poch, who's going to inspire, who's going to incite the fire, who's going to push those players and to give 200%, to go out there and not only be brave, but enjoy the football. Like Chris was saying earlier, where's the enjoyment gone? Have you enjoyed anything? Southampton's, the, the, the first game of the season, I'm like, all right, cool, here we go. And, and then what? It just dropped off, dropped off. The, the, the style of football, the play, the, the, it's just been, it's, it, it's, it's, it's diabolical, bro. It's diabolical. So what they should have done is get on their hands and knees and pray and say, Poch, we are sorry. We will put out a public statement saying that how, how we made a mistake back then and how we're going to correct that mistake. Not once have the ball come out and said that they were at fault for anything or, or said sorry for anything, including the Super League. Even that PR uh, statement that came out, they didn't really take no ownership, didn't really apologise, didn't really, you know, say that this was the wrong decision for the club or anything like that. It's just... It, they I don't, don't know want where we go, mate. And, and, and do you know what? <laughs> you know why they don't want Pochettino? Because they can't make a right decision. Honestly, you pride. saying that they, they should say sorry is like peak... I mean, they should... But it's the sole reason why they won't bring him back because it would literally mean yeah. that they had done something wrong. So, so the, so the same way the players are playing for themselves are not the board playing for themselves as well, because they're not doing the right thing for the club at the right time, are they? Mm-hmm. They're just doing it for their own egos it's and the to say that they're the, club. the culture of the club and just and and to in 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 life, right? In life, people don't like to admit when they're wrong because generally in life, if you're wrong, that means you're weak. Or if you say that you're wrong, that means you're weak. If you can say that you're wrong in any instance in life and say, do you know what, actually, I hold my hands up, I was actually wrong. That's actually one of the biggest strengths that you could have. Because not only do you learn the lesson from the mistake that you've just made, but you can own it and you can take it forward and you can put a a, a clear foot forward to trying to make a change. If you continue to say it wasn't me, 
I'm not wrong. It wasn't me. It was him. It was that one. It was because of this. Oh, we had injuries. Oh, this, that, and the other. Then you can stay in this limbo, and that's where we are. And that is where we are. Titanic FC. Titanic FC. You can also only truly forgive someone if they admit they're wrong and say sorry. So it's just where we're left, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Do you, do you want Pochettino back? Yes. <laughs> imagine. Imagine that first home game back. Imagine. It like just makes me emotional thinking about it. But obviously, it'd be some like mad fairy tale at this point. I just don't. I just don't think they'd do it because they're just too stubborn to admit that they're wrong, that they were wrong. Chris, Chris, let's come to you um, about the the next head coach that Tottenham Hotspur appoint. Do they? someone like Pochettino, who the fans actually want. You know, when you talk about entertaining football, um, I've gone to every single game this season, home and away, and I haven't been entertained. You know, every stadium that I've walked away from, I haven't gone, wow, that was incredible. Not once. You know, what, manage, what type of manager do they go for next? Do they listen to the fans or do they make another mistake? Well, it, it, it seems that it was more Paratici who who wasn't keen on Pochettino and obviously now he's on a leave of absence and it would seem unlikely he's going to return. Um, now that perhaps opens up the way for Poch a little more than that was there. But then you, again, you come back to the question, well, why didn't they just go and get him straight away? Why haven't they? Um, I think the fan base is possibly more split than we consider here. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Poch. I'd love it if he came back. Um, the only bit, part of me that wouldn't want him to come back really is I don't think he'll get as much time. I, I think there is a section that would turn, not turn, but would quickly grow restless and think we're going down this route again. We didn't win a trophy. Um, I think that mentality might be there. And but then if you know if Poch had achieved what he's achieved with us, say he'd done it that at Everton or Villa, he'd taken them to second and got them to a Champions League final and had four or five great seasons there, then gone off to PSG and won the French title. So, okay, the Champions League didn't work out. But I think we'd be thinking, yeah, this guy would be a good manager for us. He's, he's done well in a – he's overachieved at a Premier League club and we lap that up. But because he's done it with us, there is a section that thinks we don't want to go down that route again. It can't be as good again. And, and at the end of the day, we didn't actually win anything. I, I, I mean, if you go back – I'm looking at the odds here on Odds Checker. Uh, Brendan Rogers is favourite right now. Oh, do me a favour. Do me Poch a favour, man. This Jesus. morning, Poch was third on the list behind Nagelsmann. Poch is now second on the list. So something's happened today with the bookies that has brought Poch in a little bit closer. Uh, 11 to 2, Nagelsmann is 6 to 1. So, I mean, they're, they're all, you know, the third choice on there is, is fairly long odds, so that might suggest the bookies aren't as informed as they usually are on these matters. Potter's at, at ten to one. Now, I when I look at that list, it, you know, Rogers doesn't excite me as a fan. Um, Nagelsmann with the, the the stature he has and what he's won, but if I look at that list, who's the best fit for Tottenham? It's Pochettino. He is the best fit for Tottenham for the way we want to play, for the way the majority of the fan base want to see us play. And the, the model of the club that we are, you know, we are not, we are never going to 20 years of this ownership model. And I do not think, I think they have been better than, I'd say 60% I'm in their favour. I've always been sitting on the fence. They've done more good than harm, I would say. You know, for those of us who've been
been around for the Alan Sugar years. Um, yeah. I think they improved on what on what sugar where sugar was taking the club. Um, but um, they have never going to spend big bucks in the transfer market. That is not ever going to happen. It has slightly started to change now. They have started to invest a bit more. You know, we did have a one billion pound stadium to, to to build, and I've always said is such a change that Poch wasn't there five years earlier or five years later because he had to manage that team at a time when money was tighter than it's ever been. And and I think if he was, you know, perhaps now, yeah, he's taking over. We, I know there's still a huge amount of debt there, but the club is well run um, in, in a way that is, you know, the, the books are very much balanced. And he is, if he was coming in now, when we've got that bit of the rebuild behind us, this could be the time for him. For me, he is the manager on the shortlist, if it is a shortlist, that actually fits our DNA, which is what Levy said after Mourinho went. We want a manager with the Tottenham DNA. Well, two since then haven't been that. So I'd love to see him get the cards. I'm still not convinced it's going to happen. Um, but I think it would be a better a better punt to go with him than Rogers or, or Nagelsmann, personally. Chris, do you know what? He has proven it. He has proven it under the regime and with the players and with the money and with the budget. He has proven it with a cockerel on his chest that he can do the job. The, the job that we all want, every single box that any fan wants to talk about, he has ticked. The only one he hasn't ticked is the trophy. And I don't hear nobody calling for one day Ramos to come back. I don't hear one fan screaming for one day exactly, Ramos to come exactly. back. Exactly. I mean, you, you've hit the nail on the head there, Ricky. The, the, the two trophies where I've, where I've actually been at Wembley and seen us win something, 1999, 2008. But those seasons were awful seasons under George Graham and Juan de Ramos. Yes, yeah. those days at Wembley, I will never forget. Loved it. Loved seeing us win something. But the actual season didn't, and both of them didn't bring me any joy. Really... I mean, I wrote a book about the Klinsman season, the team that dared to do. I loved that season. We didn't win anything. I didn't really enjoy a season again like that until Poch. Redknapp slightly, to a lesser extent, getting fourth in the Champions League. I, I really enjoyed Redknapp as a manager. But no season again gave me as much joy as 94-95 until Poch arrived. And and I, I loved it as a Poch. I loved it because we were striving. And he was, like I was saying, he's the sort of manager where if you're a club that isn't going to be the most competitive in the transfer market and we are never ever going to be that under these owners okay that's the case with their club they're not going to change that model it's pretty it's, it's clear 20 years of it then Poch can work under that system in a way that Tuchel probably couldn't Nagelsmann couldn't in the fact that obviously Conte couldn't so I mean yeah sensibly it all points to him but I, I'm not sure it's going to happen if you can have pick of any manager, would it still be Poch? Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think for me it would because for, for all the reasons, obviously, I think there was logic to Mourinho and Conte that they've won the very biggest prizes, but that logic quickly disappears if you're not going to change at all your model. Again, I I thought great, we've got Paratici here who, who gets on with Conte. This is going to be good, right? But mm. but then how are you still talking about club signings and managerial signings when you? How do we get to a situation where we've got two people there not singing from the same hymn sheet? Yeah. And actually, I thought a lot of the signings should have been decent signings. You know, I thought Jess Spence was a good signing. I thought Bissouma was a good signing. Richarlison's done enough as a Premier League player not to be a disaster. But then it's become a disaster. <laughs> um, so that, that model was 
what there should have been more research into that model. How are we going to make this work? Oh, it isn't going to work. I I don't get it. So yeah, if I think if if I could choose anyone right now, it would be Pochettino. What about you, Jess? I have to say Poch every day as well. I just think, like you said, it was like the the time where he actually united players. He worked well with management and also the fans. And to win over pretty much not like everyone in the world, but to the majority of each camp is unseen. Like like you said, even when they were lifting trophies in Wembley way back when, if you're not still shouting for them. I mean, like you said as well, Chris, saying that they were shouting in the, the stands today for Poch to come back. Why won't yeah. they listen? Why won't they listen? Yeah, I can't... I I'd love to see Pochettino back. And as I've said on this channel many, many times, not spending a penny in 518 days, taking us to a Champions League final, that will probably never, ever be repeated by any manager ever again in history. I felt that he had more than enough credit in the bank to keep his job and be fully backed, you know, especially being, uh, you know, spent that time away at Wembley Stadium. You know, there were so many things. Um, and you think if he would have got the money and the time, that perhaps Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte and, and Nuno in between. Um, it just seems like we've gone round in circles these last few years, which is, is extremely frustrating for us all. Um, Chris, let me come back to you. Um, let me go in on the 58th minute today. Um, uh, Decore getting a red card. Talk me through that incident. Yeah, I mean, blatant red card. I mean, I've, I've noticed Harry Kane's getting an awful lot of stick on social media tonight for, for overreacting. So, so Kane's gone in a little late. He's almost he's left his leg in a bit of a kick, and then he's and then he's pulled Decore. Decore's gone to gone to think he's hit him on his shoulder, and then he's hit him in the face. Yeah. I say hit hit in Premier League football terms. We all know what a hit is. Barely any contact. Kane's made the most of it. That's what Premier League players do. Every Premier League player, yeah, I don't like the way football's gone, but that every Premier League player is going to do that. They're going to make sure the referee has taken note. That you've been hit in the that contact has been made in your face. Kane is no worse of that than any other player in the Premier League, and yet he's getting pelters tonight on on social media for being a bad role model for for being a cheat. I mean, sadly, this, this is what happens in the Premier League. Every every single player is going to do that, and it's a blatant red card. So even if he doesn't react like that, if the referee sees it, it should be a red card. But every player is going to make sure that the referee absolutely does see it, and that's what Kane's done there. The referee's got no option but to send Decore, who was having a good game, actually, send him off. Um, and at that point, like, okay, we've got a man advantage. And not long after, we make it count by winning the penalty, don't we? But after that, it just went completely downhill. But, yeah, I, I don't see how, you know, no one can say that wasn't a sending off. And I don't really – I think if anyone who watches Premier League football regularly thinks that any other player wouldn't have reacted like that, then I, I think they're talking nonsense, to be honest. Yeah. Jess, let's come to you. In the 66th minute, of course, Romero is brought down in the box. Harry Kane stepped up. Uh, a lovely, cool finish from Harry Kane yet again. Oh, God. We were all like, uh, again, I was watching in the pub and literally we were all just like, come on, Harry, we need this. And when he scored, the whole place just erupted like we'd won already. Obviously, it's way too soon. And then the rest of it was spent just biting our nails because we all know what Spurs are like and classic, it happened. Um, but yeah, that, that moment was a good one. And as if it was Romero as well, like people were saying it was quite ironic that of all players, uh, Romero was the one to get the penalty. 
but it's going back to also the red card like if a player gets hit in the face you're gonna go down because you know you're just gonna make sure that player is sent off like if you don't fall over then maybe maybe the the ref might not have seen it and it would have just carried on but i i also hate how that happens as well <laughs> I've got to say though, the referee, um, he didn't waste any time putting that red card out. It was it was immediate. Yeah, so, we did it in HD vision. I don't think the commentators saw it. I think it took them a while to realise it had been shown so quickly and disappeared <laughs> before the Sky commentators fully realised it had actually been given as a red card. Do you know what they're showing on Sky right now, by the way? That's why I'm watching it. They're showing every single one of Harry Kane's Premier League goals oh. in a special programme called the 200 Club. It's much more fun than the, the game that we've just watched. <laughs> So that's why I keep looking up, see it on the telly. Well, I'm not talking about too many incidents, Chris. <laughs> um, Ricky, let's come to you. In the 77th minute, um, Lengley went off, Sanchez come on. Um, five minutes later, Lucas Mora come on. Um, Hunmin Son went off. Um, Lucas Mora lasted six minutes on the pitch. Um, quite unusual for someone like Lucas Mora. You're on mute, Ricky. Sorry, sorry. Um, I mean, that was his performance, wasn't it? It was on mute. Um, no, he's not really that type of player, is he? We, we haven't really seen him get too many yellow cards or too many red cards. But again, I, I think he was, he, he tried to go out there and make something happen, lost the ball, saw the counter attack and saw red and went in for a silly challenge, rolled uh, Keane's ankle. It's a red card. Again, the, the referee was very snappy with that decision as well. And you know what? Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um, not much to say, really. Rightfully so. But, uh, you know, uh, all I can say about that is really, if he's suspended now, maybe Dan Jimmy can get some minutes. I don't know why he was on the field in the first place. No disrespect to Lucas. I love Lucas. And for what he done in Amsterdam, I don't think anybody can take that away from him or anyone can take that away from us uh, of what type of night that was. But, um, you know, with him leaving at the end of the season... With Dan Juma on loan, you, you're not giving him any opportunity to prove himself or to show something new or to or, or, or just to be a new bit of energy on that field. You're not giving him any chances to, to earn a contract or to show what he's worth at Tottenham with a, with a crockle on his chest. You're just not giving him any opportunities. And that's what was even, even more sad t tonight with Stellini and Mason, that they didn't make a change that, that inspired even the crowd. You know, I mean, uh, we was all watching it at home. You was watching it in, in the stands, Chris. You know, and Stellini and Mason was on the sidelines. Could they not see what was happening? Could they not see what was happening? But the changes they make are Davison Sanchez and, and Lucas Mora. I mean... What does Dan I mean, Jim do to get any game time, Rick? <laughs> I uh, I can't say. Uh, I can't say. I can't say on here, brother. I was going to be funny, but I'm not going to say anything. Um, I don't know what he's got to do, brother. I've seen him do late Instagram posts of him being in the gym by himself. I've seen him post that it's match day. Do you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe he's got a little heads up that he's going to get a start or some minutes. And all we keep seeing is absolutely nothing. It's another Jed Spence. And it's ridiculous, really. It's ridiculous. And and this is why again I don't think it works with Stellini being in charge. It's 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 just a it's just a a B Tech Conte, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? 
we, we had Conte. If this is what he was going to do, you might as well have kept Conte. You might as well let let Conte face up to the players that he was talking about and let them players turn up and face up against the manager. And then maybe there would have been a reaction. But it's flat and it's dead, mate. It's dead. And and it, I, I don't think anybody cares anymore right now, bro. I don't think anybody cares. And and do you know what? With, with, with the, the Corey red card, Let's talk about how frustrated and and um, fired up uh, Harry was about the way that the game was going. You know, he he pushed over uh, Damari Gray when they had they was in possession of the ball to stop a counter attack, but was so frustrated that that's where the collision came with Decore. And then obviously there was pulling and pushing, and then the hand came in Harry's face, and okay, he goes down. And he, I mean, it's a red card all day. You you put your hands in in another player's face, it's a red card all day. But if you look at the frustration from Harry to even be in that position or to, to Harry ain't that player either. But you've, we've seen it time, we've seen it a couple of times over a couple of seasons where he does have enough and he's like, what is going on here? And he just loses the plot a little bit. A bit like Romero, but Romero is more consistent with him losing the plot and getting frustrated <laughs> with the style of football and, and with what's happening. So, you know, there, there, there's a lot, there's so many cracks in this side. That it's, uh, you know, I don't think any plasterer could fix it. I don't know what's going on anymore. I really don't. I think you're right in terms of the frustration. Like, it comes out within the the players who are more confident on the ball. So, Romero pushing that high. Harry losing his rag, like, with one of the smaller, better players on the other team. Just trying to cut them down a bit. Trying to force a bit of passion. Because Skip was taken out. Skippy, I don't know, I feel like he had a lot more confidence before his injury but then when he's come back from injury he's been a bit more shy Kulu as well um there's no confidence on the ball I think it's all and then even Mora coming on trying to make his mark there's just like no discipline it was like the same formation as Conte but without Conte's passion or like just will to stay in your actual position there was just no danger I think that's my take on it Chris, what is it about Spurs and conceding last-minute goals in these last few weeks? Where is the concentration? They're up to goal number 62 on Harry Kane. Deli Alli's just flicked it over <laughs> the top of the West Brom defence. Kane's volleyed it home for a hat-trick. This is much better. Let's, let's talk about this. Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah it's, it's, it's crazy. It's um, Again, though, I was going, you know, the idea that we, we, we should be four points better off, we should have held on against Southampton, we should have held on tonight. To be that that close, despite playing so poorly, to being comfortably sitting in third place. But yeah, I mean, it's a lack of professionalism, isn't it? It's a lack... Again, uh, I don't get why you go 1-0 up away from home against 10 men and you literally, from the kickoff, invite all the pressure on yourself. We all knew within five minutes of going up, we are not going to win this game. We could all see it as fans. There was no way that we were going to hold on. Um, it, it, it goes back to me, the mentality. There's, there's, I've never sensed, I said it right at the start, I've never felt like we have enough leaders in this team. I also think that the joy of football has been sucked out of them by the way they had to play under Conte and are still playing now under Cellini. Um And I think I think because of that, yeah, there's, there's a lack of professionalism and a, and a lack of leadership. And I think those two things have... Of cost us, but the fact that we, you know, we're so close now. I, I, I don't want to be completely pessimistic tonight because we, we we must be so close to having something. 
the, the fact that we are still fourth, and yet it feels, for all of us like Tottenham fans, like the end of the world. Feels like the club's on fire. Feels like we're rudderless. Feels like we're directionless. We're not a million miles away from getting it right, you know. And I personally, uh, I would don't have we, Don't we always feel like that though, Chris? There's, there's always something. There is always do, something. But, yeah, of course. But I mean, where where do you want to go as a football fan? Do you want to be taken over by petrol money? Do you want to be taken over by billionaires to? Do you want to be? Do you want the Newcastle United, Manchester City ownership model? I don't. I'd rather win something under this kind of model. Yes, it feels like we're a very, very long way away. We haven't been that far away from winning the Premier League or the Champions League. We got very, very close. I'd rather get there this way, personally. I would rather get there this way than just someone comes in with an endless money pit and you can just buy the league. That doesn't excite me either. I know we want it all as football fans. We want this perfect world, but that, that to me doesn't excite me. I want to do it the way we almost very nearly did it. And I think we can do it. There's been a lot of wrong decisions. There's been some right decisions. If they get the next decision right with the right manager. I mean, I'm not convinced. I don't think we'll ever win the Premier League under this ownership model. I don't think we got very close to it. I don't think we could do it. I think we could win the Champions League. If we qualified, the draw went our way. We got close to it before. I don't think it's impossible to do. I certainly don't think winning the FA Cup is impossible to do, or the League Cup. I'd love to see us just win, playing the right way, I'd love to see us win either of those. I think we could become serious contenders in the Champions League. I don't think we'll ever win the Premier League under these owners. I think it's almost impossible to do. But I think we're, I think we're still, I don't think we're a million miles away from getting it right, but it's just about getting the key decision right with the manager, first of all. I think we can still build something here. I mean, I'm not I'm not a fan who thinks we need to rip all of this up and just I don't how are you going to do that? Who's going to come in and, and own this club other than petrol money or very rich Americans who are not they're not going to have the, the club at their heart, really, are they either? So you know, that, that's that's the place you are always as a football fan. You're always striving to think we're close to it, we're close to it. And I think we came close before we can do it again. But and I, I can understand why more and more people are losing faith in, in that possibility. I think well, it's I think... because we're not seeing our players play at their best. Like we're seeing, we've seen how much potential they have. And, and obviously whatever it is that's happening at training is not transferring onto the pitch. And like we've mentioned time and time again, the formation or style of play just isn't working. But we want to see our players succeed we don't want to, like you said, tear it all up and start again because then what's the point? You can't just chuck money at things and then think that you're going to get so much joy from it. It's not how it works. I feel like we just want to see, like, we want to see Harry Kane lift a trophy, don't we, ultimately? And we want to see him do it with his team behind him, the whole team. But we want them playing well, not seeing Swan, like, playing rubbish time and time again. I'm Son's biggest fan. I'm wearing his top right now. I've refused to take my jumper off because it's embarrassing tonight. But you you want to see them play well. You want to see them at their, their peak. And at the moment, it feels like they're just in this structure that none of them are enjoying. So when we're watching it, we're just not enjoying it either. Jess, what trophy do you want to see? Because the FA Cup... <laughs> I don't know anything at this point. <laughs> at this point. 
as well. But um, when Chris talks about the Premier League there, I completely agree. I think that our main focus all the time is just to finish just in that top four, to finish fourth. Every single season, I think that is the, the club aim. Fourth, 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 all the time. And the club will be happy. Um, when you look at previous managers, FA Cup and League Cup, you know, we haven't won a trophy for 15 years. I just feel like we're miles away from trophies right now. I think, again, like if we go back to the inconsistency of how we played, I feel like it speaks volumes that we've had, what is it, like four coaches in the last two years or five? Like I can't, I can't even remember. But since Poch, we've had a stupid amount. And obviously getting rid of him a couple of weeks before we could have won a trophy I feel like that just speaks volumes. Like, like at Arsenal, for example, and obviously we all hate using Arsenal as an example, but like they've got these young, hungry players like Saka, who's like got so much joy running forward. And like, I don't know. It, I just, I feel like, like we said, it was a slow build, but we were getting there. And then now all of a sudden we've thrown our toys out of the pram and the toys being managers, we just chuck them all out because, oh, this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working. And there's just no fun in watching something that's so inconsistent and watching people with so much potential just, like, missing out time and time again. Ricky, let's come to you. Um, we've got Brighton up next on Saturday. Um, now, they play Bournemouth on Tuesday evening away. Um, they're currently sixth. They've played 26. They've won 12. They've drawn seven and lost seven. They have 43 points. Uh, they're seven points away from us. They have three games in hand. Uh, if they win all those three games in hand, they will go above us. Um, Brighton played some good football under Roberto De Zerbi, and many Spurs fans have said that they may even like De Zerbi to take over at the club. What have you made of Brighton this season, and uh, how confident are you that Spurs can pick up the three points Saturday? On Brighton... I think they've done tremendous. Um, I think they're a very well-run club. I think that if you look at their managers every single time, and I think Ali Gold said this the other day, but it, it, it was a bit like Swansea. You know, when, when Swansea first got into the Premier League and they went for Loudrop and then they went for Rodgers and then they, they kept the, the, the vein of the manager and the style of football and the plan that they wanted, they continued that every time they changed the manager. They tweak certain things and every new manager tweaks a little something. And I think that's what Deserby has done. I think Deserby has tweaked and improved on what Potter, um, you know, built as a base at Brighton. And I think he has taken it forward. Um, I think they're a lot more attacking. They're getting a lot more shots on goal. Um, I think they play good football. But that comes from the top. That comes from, from the top. You know, the, the owner and the management... Um, at, at Brighton, they know what style of football that they want to play. Uh, they 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 know what type of players that they want to bring in, and they know what type of managers can can inspire those players to big things. Um, am am I confident of taking away anything away from Brighton today, mate? Absolutely not. I mean, I watched I watched uh, Newcastle versus Man United yesterday. And Newcastle, they've got the momentum. They've got them. They're playing with momentum. They're playing like we used to play under Poch. Do you know what I mean? They're playing with bre with with uh, with pride, and, and and they're playing brave football. And they're on the front foot, and they're attacking, and they're going at teams. And <clears throat> Tottenham is so far away from that. So far away from that. 
the, the, the fact that those boys, again, couldn't turn up tonight after getting slagged off by Conte and just show a bit of pride or just show that, that type of fight, for, for, for me, says a, a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot. And right now, bro, I've got no, I've got no faith, which is sad. Like I've got, I, I will always come up with something. And when you ask me for the, for the prediction at the end of the show, I'm gonna give you a, a Spurs win prediction. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna do it because I'll never back them to lose. But do I have any faith that they're gonna take away three points or a point or any points away from Brighton today? Absolutely not. The the, the way they've collapsed and folded and crumbled. You know, is ridiculous. That's who we should be sponsored by. That's who the stadium should be sponsored by. Is Apple because all we do is crumble, bruv. That's all we do. And do you know what? Also, you, you know, you talk. Uh, Jess was talking about consistency. We've been consistently shizer this whole season. That's 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 what's been consistent. It, it, the 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 anomaly has been a good performance. When Chris has gone to those games and he's got a good performance, that's Chris, been you need the to turn up anomaly. More. No, I really do. Do you know what I mean? That, that's been the anomaly. But consistently, we've been shizer. And whether that's for one half of the game or both halves of the game, we've been shizer the whole season. And it's just got to this point where I I, I think they've they've given up, and I think that they don't care no more. You know, um, so if you don't care and Brighton are out there to care and Brighton are out there to go and achieve something, then who's going to win? You saw it tonight. You saw it tonight. There's no way Everton should have uh, should have drawn with us. There's no way, especially going down to 10 men. You know, where, where was our game management? Where, where, where was our attacking flair? Where was our ruthlessness? It, it wasn't there, mate. And if it wasn't there tonight, I, I, I don't see it turning up on the weekend either. Chris, there's a lot of very frustrated fans right now. Um, Spurs need to turn it around on Saturday and put in a, a good shift and put in a good performance and, and get a good result on Saturday. How confident are you that Spurs can turn this around? No, I'm not at all confident. Not at all confident, sadly. Um, on the basis of what we've seen tonight, on the basis of pretty much any team that's got something about them has, has come and to... Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and beating us quite comfortably this year. Newcastle 2-1, should have been more. Villa 2-0, Liverpool 2-1, but we were never really in that game. You know, any any half-decent team, really, has come and we put up very little resistance against. I mean, we've beaten a lot of the teams we should have beaten, but Brighton are a team that have got a lot about them. They've got a lot of spirit. They've got players who play the system that their manager wants them to play. You know, they, they're a very they're a forward planning club. You know that when the manager gets it right, he's going to move on to a bigger club because that's how football works. And they've done the homework to know who they need to bring in next. And they've got everything to play for. Because if they beat us, they've got three games in hand on us, they're not out of the Champions League race yet. Um, I don't think they're going to do it. Obviously, Man U, Newcastle and ourselves far more likely to do it but what a season for them and um, yeah on the basis of how we played tonight when you know I never really sensed things were going to change but you're thinking well maybe there'll be a reaction to what Conte said maybe there'll be a bit of a bit of an uplift from the players just that it's a breath of fresh air it's kind of a new start but we, we didn't really see that at all so I don't sorry to say I think a draw is the very best we're going to hope for against Brighton, one all. But I can see us losing that because I've seen us played off the park by Villa, Newcastle, 
Liverpool, Arsenal. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm feeling very depressed right now. So it might not be the. T- yeah, maybe I'll feel slightly differently come Friday. But right now, I'd, I'd give us very little chance of getting more than a draw in that game. Jess, what are you thinking about the Brighton game Saturday? So I always think, you know, like, what will the other team be thinking about us when they're, like, go to play against us? And the thing that you know will be true is if Harry Kane is near the goal, he's likely to score. So in the team talk, it's going to be keep Harry Kane away from the goal. Fine. Everything else, not worried about. And I feel like that's so, like, sad. Like, if you think, right, you've got, regardless of which goalie we choose, you can score against him. Any player on the pitch. Your defender. Part part like the Red Sea, everybody, because you can run right the way through and score a goal. If you get a chance, get a shot on target. If it's on target, chances are it's probably going to go in. Like, and I think that's so, like, savage that we have pretty much no structure around the back. Yeah, we can... People can rave about Romero being world-class in our defence. But, like, firstly, you can't just have one man in defence. And secondly, if he's running up the pitch because he's frustrated with the rest of his team, then what good is that? If Harry Kane is marked out of the game, again, it's not just a one-man game, is it? Like, whatever. Sonny's not on form. Kulu's not on form. Richardson's out injured. Like, just everyone's injured and there's no danger on the pitch. So... Unfortunately, I just, I don't know how positive I am. I think, I still want to back us to win, but even like I've looked at, I've just Googled our game against Brighton and it says Tottenham 38% chance of win, uh, draw 27% and Brighton 35%. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's pretty, it's like we're going to draw, but knowing Spurs at the moment and our luck, we probably won't win. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Harry's gonna score, and that would be my bet. What, what's your what's your score prediction? Uh, two. I'm gonna say we're gonna win two one because I want to put positive vibes Good. into the atmosphere, and I Ricky, just want us to win something. <laughs> Ricky, it's nice to see a smile on your face right at the end of the show. <laughs> Thanks, bro. My, my my cheeks were getting depressed as well, brother. I had to wake them up. I had to wake them up. What score prediction? Oh, mate. I, I, you know, like I say, even at the worst of times, I'll never back us to lose. So I'm just going to say 1-0 Tottenham. But I don't have much faith or much... I'm not going to put no bet on, let me tell you that much. So I, I'm just going to say one. I'm just going to say 1-0 Tottenham. Chris, you're going to go for a draw, are you? Yeah, I'm smiling because I'm watching Harry Kane score his 123rd goal against Burnley in February 2019. <laughs> um, yeah, the best I can hope for is a one-all draw, I think. Um, that's as positive as I can be right now. Well, I've got three final questions for you all. Um, Jess, let's start with you. They are, where will Spurs finish in the Premier League at the end of the season? Um, <laughs> who will Tottenham's manager be? at the start of next season? And will Harry Kane still be a Spurs player at the start of next season? Oh, God, these are hard questions, aren't they? Um, I'm going to go with fourth because it sounds like a Spurs kind of position. 
and I'm hoping we stay top four. Um, I think I am hoping that Harry will stay and I'm going to stay, he's going to stay because something magical is going to happen and Poch is going to be our manager. Well, <laughs> that's super positive. Ending on Ricky. a high. <laughs> Ricky, what are you think? Um, on today's evidence, bro, I, I, it looks like we'll probably finish sixth or fifth, well, fifth, fifth, I think, actually looking at the table. It, that's probably where we're going to finish. I, I, I think right now it's, it's almost a false position because of the amount of games that the other teams have got in hand over us. Um, so it's going to be fifth if we're lucky. Uh, what was the next one? Oh, Harry Kane. Okay. I think he'll, I think he'll probably stay. Um, and then go on a free. Um, but again, if he wanted to go, I wouldn't blame him. And then he's going to be the next manager. It's either going to be Ted Lasso or um, Sam Allardyce. Not Steve Bruce. Oh, I forgot about Steve Bruce. All right, cool. Nice outsider there. Steve Bruce. That's not too bad. I mean, may maybe they'll do a, a, a little partnership, Sam Allardyce and Steve Bruce. I mean, ah, oh, the football, the football at the lane would be fantastic under those two, wouldn't it? See, Can we this, get this... Ryan Reynolds actually? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I bring guests like. I come to every game. <laughs> Chris, what you? Oh, uh, I think yeah. I, I, applying cold hard logic to it, I think we'll finish sixth. I think Kane will probably be off. And I'm looking down at the odds again with Brendan Rodgers being favourite and thinking that the bookies don't often get it wrong. But I think it's going to be Graham Potter. Oh, no, I don't it. want none of them. I nearly agree with you on everything there. I, I think we're going to get either Brendan Rodgers or Glazner. Okay. Okay. Um, and sadly, I think that Harry Kane may just call it a day. Yes. And where do you ha think we're going to finish? Ha uh, fifth or sixth for Europa League football, sadly. Well, if you think it's Glazer's 25 to 1, so get some money on, Chris, if you think that is going to happen. It's a good time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Here you are. I'm, I'm glad we're all smiling at the end of the podcast. Um, Chris, thanks so much for coming back. Um, it's been a pleasure having you back on. Um, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, at Chris Slegg on Twitter. And yeah, if you're interested in harking back to perhaps some better Tottenham moments, uh, the team that dared to do, I wrote that book all about the Klinsman season of 94, 95, and also uh, A Love for the Lane, which was about the, the most significant games ever played at our former stadium. So yeah, check that out if you're at all interested. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Jess, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it, even though the result and the performance wasn't what we all wanted. Yeah, next time can it be like a, a winning game or something? Can we just pick that? <laughs> we'll make sure. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I'm much better talking about music. So if any of you want to listen to some new music Saturday nights BBC Radio London 8 till 10pm obviously BBC Sounds where to go Radio 1 Relax do your chill out vibes and also Magic Chilled as well so I'm actually on every day so there's no excuse not to listen really Thank you very much indeed it's been a pleasure having you and Ricky um, thanks so much and it's nice to see you smiling at the end of the podcast 
Oh, yeah, I've got to apologise to Chris and Jess there, man, because, like, I've been a miserable sod all, all, all show, man, all show. So I apologise. But this club does it to you, man. They punch you in the gut and they kick you in the ankles and they don't even look at you as they walk past. Do you know what I mean? It's, it does it does, it does, does it to you, man. So I apologise. It has been lovely being on with all of you. Um, yeah. And, and, and maybe the next pod, we should just forget the football and chat about the music with Jess. You know, yeah. we'll, try, we'll try about the music with Jess, you know, and, and I think that could be a positive and a fun show. So may, maybe we ch- we change it to Chris Talks Music and I think it could run. I think it could run with Jess, you know. I'm keen. Well, Chris, Jess and Ricky, thanks so much for joining me this evening to talk about the 1-1 draw at Goodison Park. Thanks for listening and thanks for watching, everybody. Let's hope that Spurs can get back to winning ways in the Premier League and perhaps stay in the top four somehow. Until the next time, come on you Spurs. Come on. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.